Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and also to help them succeed in their careers and lives. In this episode, we will be talking with structural engineer Luis Duque, who is focused on researching how drones will impact bridge inspections. All this technology is very interesting and really fast-paced, and it's making some major changes to our industry. This is a very exciting episode. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Fasano. I'm a licensed professional engineer who practiced as an engineer, but eventually decided I wanted to focus more on inspiring engineers rather than doing the engineering myself. So since then, I've written a book entitled Engineer Your Own Success and have traveled the world helping engineers build their core or soft skills. And I'm your other host, Matthew Picardle. I'm also a licensed engineer, a structural engineer practicing in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and a master's degree in structural engineering from UC San Diego. I also host a new YouTube channel, Structural Engineering Life, through which I'm focused on promoting the structural engineering profession to engineering students and young professionals that aren't too familiar with the industry perspective. Through this podcast, Matt and I plan to try to bring you information that can help you succeed in every episode. Now, before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So we ask that you please support them. And now I'd like to recognize our sponsor for this episode, CSI. Computers and Structures Inc. is recognized globally as the pioneering leader in software tools for structural and earthquake engineering. Software from CSI is used by thousands of engineering firms in over 160 countries for the design of major projects. CSI software is backed by more than four decades of research and development, making it the trusted choice of sophisticated design professionals everywhere. Listen up later in the show where I will tell you more about their great software packages and how they can help you. We also want to give a shout out to the Structural Engineering Institute, SEI, of ASCE. SEI is a dynamic community of more than 30,000 members from around the world advancing and serving structural engineering while influencing change on broader issues that shape the entire civil engineering community. Gain technical, professional, and leadership experience by participating in your local SEI chapter or graduate student chapter at an SEI conference or through an SEI committee effort. Matt, I just want to say before we jump into this episode here with Luis, and before we give him more of an introduction, you're doing a great job with your YouTube channel. I really enjoyed that episode on a day in the life. Of, oh, yeah. It's been blowing up. <laughs> yeah. You got to check it out if you haven't seen it yet. We'll link to Matt's YouTube channel in the episode show notes here. But essentially, what Matt's doing, as he said, is he's trying to get the word out about structural engineering to students and just younger people that aren't aware of what it is. And that episode, Matt, about a day in the life of a structural engineer must have been uh, taking some time. You really started with rolling out of bed to going back to bed at night. So it was a real A to Z episode there. Yeah, taking the camera all around and getting some help on, you know, when I'm driving the car, getting someone to help me so I'm not endangering anybody. And then just putting all the pieces together. Um, yeah, it was a lot of work, but you know, it was definitely worth it just to see how many people have viewed it. I think it's up to 10,000 now. It's just really cool to see that, hey, this is what the day in the life of a civil structural engineer is, and hopefully it can help promote the, the industry in general. So I think it's, it's been being viewed a lot and looks like it is, um, people are interested about it. So it's great that I can help out on that. 
No, it's awesome because I can just see it right now, a young kid asking his or her mom or dad, what does a structural engineer do? And they go and they Google it and they find your video and they watch it. And really, literally is the whole day with Matt going into the office. It shows him working on some plans on the computer. It shows him going to lunch with a colleague and going to a project site. So it's those are resources that I think we need to continue to create to kind of inspire kind of the next generation. So keep it up, Matt. And we'll keep uh, hopefully pumping those videos out there and getting in front of more young people. So good work there. Yeah, thanks. Let me introduce our guest for today, Luis Duque, to bring us into this episode. As mentioned, Luis is currently working as a structural engineer at DLK Engineering. DLK focuses on residential, custom residential, remodels, rehabilitation, commercial structures, and more. During his graduate studies, he worked on a project entitled Evaluation of UAV as a Bridge Inspection Tool. His research was conducted to promote and develop new and innovative techniques to inspect bridges to decrease cost and risks involved with current inspection practices. And that's what he talks about a lot in this interview. He is a former tennis player and master's of science student in civil engineering with an emphasis on structural engineering at South Dakota State University, member of Chi Epsilon Civil Engineering Honor Society, Phi Kappa Phi, and former vice president of Engineers Without Borders, South Dakota State University, member of the Structural Engineering Institute Student Initiatives, SCI Timber Bridges, and SCI Business Practices Committees. Additionally, Luis is involved with the Denver ASCE Younger Member Group, where he serves as the networking chair for the 2019-2020 year. All right, let's jump into the conversation with Luis Duque. Now we're excited to welcome Luis Duque, structural engineer to the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. Luis, welcome. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Luis, to get started here for our listeners, can you just give them a little bit of an overview of your career and what your area of expertise is and kind of where you focus? Currently, I'm working at a consulting firm out in Colorado. We mainly do residential, custom residential, remodels, and some commercial structures. I've been working there for about a year now, so kind of just getting started at the company. And before that, I was a graduate student at South Dakota State University. My main focus was the bridge inspection using drones. And that's exactly what we want to talk to Luis about. Luis, first of all, I just want to say from someone who is a civil engineer by background, Matt, civil structural, of course, one of the things that we like to see is young, motivated engineers in our industry that are out there doing great things. And you're certainly doing that. So I just want to like right off the bat, congratulate you for being out there on behalf of the industry. I think what you're doing is great. Thank you. We do want to talk to you specifically about your research and the drones inspections on bridges. What got you into that? What made you interested in that topic? I knew I wanted to get into structures ever since I pretty much started my undergrad career. And while talking to some professors at the university I was going to, South Dakota State, while I was an undergrad, this research kind of came up and I just kind of talked to the professor and kind of got involved with it, knowing that I was going to stay at the same school for research. And it was just kind of a great opportunity that came up at the moment and was the right fit for me. So it just kind of worked pretty well at that time of my career. So it's not like I pursue it from my own, but was there and I kind of took the opportunity to work on it. 
the opportunity kind of presented itself. And for those that aren't familiar with the topic, is was this something at the time that was already being done and you were researching around it and ways it would advance or was it something that was new at the time? No, this was something was very new. Even for me, I didn't even know uh, it existed. When I started my research, that was back in 2016, fall of 2016. And some new rules actually came out that fall semester, which made our research a lot easier. Uh, new rules regarding where you can fly the drone and some other kind of licensure that you can get to fly drones. So that made our research a little easier. But at that time, I think one of the hardest things was kind of find that literature review to kind of get an idea of what was out there. I kind of had to direct it in many different routes to kind of grab everything that was going on at that time. There was nothing really on inspection structures. There was a lot of kind of GIS and a lot of like mapping, but nothing really related to like the inspection structures. There was some concrete crack analysis and some other little research there, but there wasn't really anything too concrete about what was going on at that time with the inspection of structures. Matt, just, I just want to set the scene up here for people that, listeners that may not be too familiar with this topic, because I'm sure Matt's got some good structural related questions here. But if you hear the phrase, you might hear UAV, which is unmanned aerial vehicle. You might hear UAS, base bridge inspection, unmanned aerial systems. These are some just different terms associated with it. But that's essentially what we're talking about here. And really, what I think is awesome about this is that the opportunity presented itself for Luis because of the technologies that are out there today. And this is another example, Matt, of a new technology that comes about and it opens up new doors for structural engineers. Yeah, and it's definitely a a topic that's been, even we hear it in, in the structural engineering industry. Luis, what type of research has gone into it? And I guess what have you learned and have you seen it implemented and how can it benefit the structural engineering industry? I was very lucky to actually present my research at the Structures Congress last year in Fort Worth. So I was able to see a little bit of what other people were doing at all the universities. And it was kind of interesting to see how at the same time they were doing something similar to what I was doing, but they were actually going and doing like some more expensive equipment, which our research budget didn't actually allow for. So we kind of had to get creative and find other ways around some of the analysis and some of the way we inspecting the bridges. But there was some really, really fascinating research going on at that time where people were mapping and creating like 3D models of, of bridges using LiDAR and other like image sensors. It was kind of interesting to see how they did that and how they kind of correlated the damage they were able to identify using that and creating like finite element analysis models to kind of compare the results and some other like field testing and some other more expensive and more detailed research that was going on at that time. So I think that was kind of really interesting to me to see how other people were approaching this topic. So in terms of actual implementation, what are the benefits of these UAVs? Like, let's say for bridge inspections, how we're typically doing it now versus how these UAV systems would uh, improve that? Yeah, so that was one of our main goals, trying to kind of compare and contrast the benefits and drawbacks of doing it that way. And we found some really interesting data from the Minnesota DOT, where they were actually already doing some, like, some full-scale inspection using drones and comparing it to like their actual 
traditional inspections. And they were able to see some really close-up data on some of the bridges, especially over the water, where they're really hard to access. Some of the same information we got, we're able to get and compare our results with the results provided by the South Dakota DOT for the bridge that we actually inspected. And we're able to see pretty much every damage that they were capturing. So I think it was pretty effective. Of course, you cannot really do actual like testing on the bridge, like contact testing, which is probably one of the biggest drawbacks right now in terms of inspection and comparing it to the actual like current inspection method. In addition to one of the benefits being you can potentially see or access areas that you can't access in a traditional inspection, I would assume that you could do it probably quicker and it's in many ways safer. Is that accurate? Yeah. In some places, it was kind of hard to fly the drones just from us not being super experienced with the drone and the way it flies, but that will probably improve with time. Right now, the newer drones are really capable and they have zoom cameras and I mean, all these sensors they can mount on the drones are really be able to inspect the bridges quick and get a sense of the damage that's on them. It's a comparison, and it's kind of hard to tell if it's actually faster or not. Definitely safer, but sometimes you actually need to get up close to that damage and see exactly what's going on there. For some bridges, maybe some bigger bridges, we can just fly the drone and get to places quicker and don't need to bring a crane or ropes where you kind of have to be moving around. It may be faster, but uh, for smaller bridges, maybe a wash between the two, just because you can't get it probably as fast with a, with a rope or a crane. On the other hand, a crane is super expensive to bring to a job site, whereas a drone, you can just have a initial expense up front and you can use it as many times as you can. So it's kind of comparing many, many things between safety, time, uh, expenses and I know there's a lot of research going on that right now that is it's more specific to all of that and it's I'm excited to see the findings just because I couldn't get too much into it but I'll say it definitely has a lot of benefits. And first of all just mention that Luis was nice enough to send us a list of current publications and research papers around this topic that we can list in the show notes for episode 7 at structuralengineeringchannel.com. What I think is a good thing is I do think it's a good thing that it, this is a case-by-case basis. So it's not like we're saying you should always use the drones or it's not like we're saying you shouldn't use the drones, but it's kind of a case-by-case basis and maybe even a blended approach because, I mean, let's be honest, every structural engineering project is completely different. Every bridge is different. It has its own little intricacies here and there. So I think having this as a potential tool kind of in your toolkit as a structural engineer can be extremely valuable on the right projects. And I guess one question that I would have around this, Luis, is we know that this is still a relatively new topic and new endeavor. Do you think or has this at all yet impacted codes or has there been anything written about this in any kind of guidelines related to using UAVs for bridge inspection? Nothing that I'm aware of right now. I know a lot of DOTs are kind of pushing back on this technology being implemented. They're just very skeptic of how it's going to work and how they're going to be able to get the same results as they do actually doing the manual inspection. We actually tried to develop like a damage quantification protocol. And one of the papers that we wrote and on my thesis is kind of something 
preliminary kind of covering some of the FAA codes and regulations you have to follow and some of techniques that we found were really useful. But at this moment, I don't think anything has been implementing actual like AC codes or other codes just because it's so new. And I'm sure they want to be really sure this is actually something that it's going to be helpful for everyone. And they want to see more research and more comparison between the two methods. So with all these these new technologies that are coming into place, not just the the UAVs, but with regards to um, all the technology and how do you foresee that in the future, like uh, 10, 15, 20 years from now, how do you see UAV and and its field relating to bridge inspection? I guess what's like the future vision of what you see the UAV field and bridge inspection is? I think it's going to be a key component what we do in the future. I mean, well, during my literature review, I saw some people kind of using it for like construction management purposes, kind of overviewing the construction process and making sure everyone was being safe and everything was built correctly, especially for like higher rise buildings. But I think with like technology advancing the way it is right now and a new sense is coming out that you can mount on these like tiny drones sometimes, it's going to be key for like inspection or even analysis, you can mount like infrared sensors and all sorts of cool things onto it that are going to allow us to better analyze and study structures not even existing, but during construction, even after construction to make sure we're providing the service that is requested from us. From uh, even in the building industry, during construction, yeah, I think that's actually happening now, at least with building construction. It's kind of cool just to see. So for me, if I have a building that's being constructed, we'll sometimes even get drone photos from the contractor that's that's basically flying their drone all across the job site. So we can just log on to their website and see like kind of real time almost on how the building's being constructed. That's one way that I thought was pretty cool. At least that's being implemented now. I do see drones being used more a lot often. I think there's a, a lot of potential for that, as you're saying, with um, all this new technology. I was going to say, the one cool research I saw was kind of in the early stages when I was getting done with my research was uh, research by the California DOT. They were kind of implementing these sensors kind of mounted on, on bridges where they were able to measure like vibration after earthquakes. And then they would like fly the drone to kind of capture the data directly from the bridge after an earthquake event to kind of analyze how the behavior of the bridge was like right after the earthquake. And I thought it was kind of interesting. And that shows that using drones and I mean, any amount of sensors right now, you can get pretty accurate data and probably even get it faster than you would do otherwise. There was some other research where they were capturing like the, like frequent shrinkage from bridges based on pictures they'll take of a single area of the bridge over like a year or two years. And they're able to see the movement and like the shrinkage and creepage of the concrete at that specific location. And that was all done using drones and like external sensors, which was kind of cool at the beginning just because it wasn't too much of that. And I think that's the direction we want to be moving forward, kind of seeing what kind of sensors we can implement and use with these drones and kind of make our inspection processes and kind of analysis and especially for like earthquakes and other natural disasters, it's kind of hard to quantify and learn from that. We just did an episode recently on the Civil Engineering Podcast 
all about smart cities and all of this technology is just has such a major impact on our industry. I mean, whether it's smart cities, smart roads, driverless vehicles, who knows, smart bridges, et cetera. But I think that's one of the things that's really cool about what we do is, and one of the challenges really is that we have a lot of this older kind of decrepit infrastructure and then we have new infrastructure that's being built. And then we have rehabilitating some of these. It's just like there's a lot of different things going on in terms of technology and upgrading things. And it makes it very interesting. And I guess one question that I have as we kind of wrap up this segment around this interesting topic of these UAV bridge inspections is from a practical standpoint, if there's a structural engineer listening to this episode and he or she thinks that this might be a great avenue for their company to go down in terms of implementing this, what are some of the steps that they would take if they want to start to do UAV inspections? I think the main thing is kind of figure out if it's going to work for them, what kind of work they're doing right now. As most of our professionals, like, it depends. Like, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I think it can be a great tool for inspection and kind of monitor construction. I know in my in what I do every day, we sometimes have to inspect really tall concrete walls for basements and stuff like that. That's kind of hard to reach. I know that would be a great opportunity to have a drone and kind of see the slide over and monitor the construction that way. For higher buildings, it's even easier to fly the drone than actually be walking around and seeing everything. I know some people have have been able to like create codes to kind of automate the drones and have them fly to specific points. And I think that's going to be really useful for like future like bridge inspections where you are able to install sensors directly on the bridge and kind of have the code that you can run on the drone and the drone will do like the inspection by itself or something like that. But from a more practical standpoint, I think it's getting the FAA rules kind of nailed down and make sure you're in a zone that it's going to allow you to fly the drone. There's a thousand ways you can use this drone. So I know there, like anyone that wants to get involved in kind of using the drone, they're going to find that it's going to make the work a lot, a lot easier. And that was one of the reasons I took that research and did all of that. And even now, I kind of got a drone for myself after the research because it's a really cool tool to fly around and do all sorts of work. You hear all about the, all these different potential uses of these things, which is really amazing. If you are a structural engineer and you're thinking, wow, this would be great for my firm, some of the decisions you're going to have to make are, number one, do you train somebody on how to use the drone? Do you hire somebody who has experience with drones? Do you outsource some of the drone work? I think these are probably some of the decisions you need to walk through based on what Luis said. How is it going to help you? How many projects are you going to use it on? How is it going to help you deliver more value to your clients? It sounds like there's different options based on the type of work you do, but it sounds to me, and I'm sure Matt, you'd agree, you're really in this on a daily basis, is that there are a tremendous amount of benefits to it, most likely in many aspects of structural engineering beyond just bridge inspections. One of my uh, ideal scenarios would be... um... If I got to go take a long drive somewhere, wouldn't it be nice to just uh, have a drone and just do the site inspection while I'm on my computer? That would be nice and save us a lot of time. Being more efficient as long as you can do the same quality job or you can gather the data you need to, like Luis said earlier, 
if you wanted to look at one of the drawbacks, it would be that sometimes you need to do a physical test when you do an inspection and you need to really get into the material and look at something that was damaged. And so it's a blend. It's a case-by-case basis. I'm sure that there are going to be certain scenarios, like Luis mentioned, where you can pin a couple of sensors to a bridge and you can fly it every couple of months and monitor if there's any movement on those sensors and things of that nature. So it's exciting. There's a lot going on. As I said earlier, a link to a bunch of research papers on this topic in the show notes for this episode at structuralengineeringchannel.com. I asked Luis to stick around with us here. We're going to come back in a minute and just ask him a couple of career-related questions. So stick with us. Now it's time for our elastic modulus segment of the show. The elastic modulus is a quantity that measures an object or substance's resistance to being deformed elastically when a stress is applied to it. In this segment of the show, we like to ask our guests about a time in their career where maybe they bent, but they didn't break, or they had some kind of big challenge to overcome, or a big career decision to make. Now, before we do that today, I would like to recognize our sponsor for this episode again, CSI. CSI produces five primary software packages, SAP 2000, CSI Bridge, eTabs, Safe, and Perform 3D. Each of these programs offers unique capabilities and tools that are tailored to different types of structures and problems, allowing users to find just the right solution for their work. SAP 2000 is intended for use on civil structures, such as dams, communication towers, stadiums, and buildings. CSI Bridge offers powerful parametric design of concrete and steel bridges. ETABS has been developed specifically for multi-story commercial and residential building structures, such as office towers, apartments, and hospitals. The SAFE system provides an efficient and powerful program for the analysis and design of concrete slabs and foundations with or without post-tensioning. Perform 3D is a highly focused nonlinear tool offering powerful performance-based design capabilities. With CSI products, you can be confident that you have the finest structural engineering software available backed by a company with an unmatched record of innovation and an unrivaled commitment to meet the ever-evolving needs of the profession. You can learn more about them at www.csiamerica.com. All right, so we're back with Luis Duque and Luis, in this segment of the show, we like to ask our guests, you know, reflecting on your career, and I know you're young in your career, but undoubtedly you had either a challenge you had to overcome in your career to date, or you had a really big decision that you had to make. And I was wondering if you could share one of those with us here today. One of the most challenging, and it's not part of my professional career, but it's more of a volunteer work that I've done. To engineers on board is kind of working at developing countries um, just because it's so different than a lot of people think and a lot of people realize uh, just from working in the U.S. There's a lot more that goes into it other than the technical work that we do. I've been doing that for over five years now and uh, it's been very rewarding, but at the same time, you have to work in these developing countries where you may not have electricity, you may not have water. You may not have the equipment that you have here in the U.S. and kind of coming up with design on the spot and try to figure out what kind of materials do you need that are sourced at, at these countries is sometimes very challenging when you have all the commodities you have here in the U.S. 
that's probably been a very rewarding experience, but a lot of challenges come with it. And I've been able to learn a lot from it, and it's been great. That's probably one of the most challenging things that I have taken in my young career. And as we did mention earlier on in the episode uh, when we introduced Luis, he is super involved in many different organizations, including ASCE, specifically the Structural Engineering Institute, also EWB, as he mentioned. I just one last question that I have, Luis, is you're a young structural engineer. Undoubtedly, you're very busy in your career and your life, like most people are. You find the time and you dedicate the time to these volunteer opportunities. It's a wonderful thing for many reasons, and I think all engineers should do it. But I know sometimes people kind of get overwhelmed with other things. What can you say about the importance, in your opinion, of taking the time to get involved with some of these organizations and some of these opportunities? First of all, I know we're all busy, but this type of work, it's like super important. That's the first thing that we need to realize if we want to get involved in these organizations. As structural engineers or civil engineers in general, the work that we do here in the U.S. is super important, but there is a bigger picture to that. Like We need to be looking at other countries, and even here in the U.S., where there are a lot of lot of poverty in some of the communities. Actually, I just came back last week from a trip to Puerto Rico, where we were helping a community down there get clean water after Hurricane Maria, which was over two years ago now. And it was kind of sad to hear that even though the government had funding to help them, they didn't have the technical support from organizations to complete the work. So I feel like situations like that kind of motivate me to like keep volunteering my time and doing this. And it honestly, it's probably less time than most people think it is. It obviously takes a lot of work and kind of coming up with these solutions and figuring out all these challenges. But at the same time, if you compare it to the amount of work we do here in the U.S. and the amount of work that other people may be taking is, is a very small amount. I mean, for EWB, we have a meeting every month. And maybe outside the meeting, we work maybe a few hours in between. There's times that we're busier than others just because we're kind of nailing down design and uh, paperwork and everything. But you just kind of have that motivation of realizing that these people kind of need our help. And a lot of times they don't get some technical help. So that's where we should like step up and provide the help. Yeah, that's a great insight, Luis. I know typically the engineers in the U.S., you know, we're probably mostly in the office most of the time, but it looks like what you're doing with Engineers Without Borders, I mean, it really makes, you're actually there, actually visiting Puerto Rico and actually helping out the people that really need it firsthand. And from what I've heard with different, I think with Zohib in our last podcast, it's a completely different ball game when you're actually out in the field and you're actually there with the people that actually need the help. It's They do need the technical support, but you're not just their engineer, but you're someone there to, that can help them out. And you wouldn't get that experience if you didn't volunteer your time like you did. Yeah, exactly. Just I mean, we've been working with some of these communities for five, six years, so they're really helpful for our work. And I mean, just coming out with design kind of on the spot, we have built coordinators out of PVC pipes and low sun filters that require no energy and yeah, all these challenges that it's very hard to find here in the U.S. You actually get it from just working with these communities. And that's really rewarding. And it's a great way to get involved and kind of get a more broad understanding of our profession. Luis Duque, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. And thank you for everything that you're doing for the profession. Thanks for having me.
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast. I do just want to make one announcement related to the episode here today. On October 1st, the Engineering Management Institute will be putting on a complimentary webinar entitled How Drones Can Improve Your Product Offerings and Productivity for Engineering Firms. So if you listened to this episode and you said, maybe this is something we want to get into with our company, you can register for the webinar. It's completely complimentary. Uh, Scott Harrigan from Harkin Ariel, who's been on our other podcast, the Civil Engineering Podcast, he's going to cover the basics of using drones on AEC projects, and he's going to get into some specific details. To get information on that session and register for that webinar, just go to engineeringmanagementinstitute.org, and in the right sidebar search bar, just type drones webinar and it'll bring you right to the page, and there you can register. We'd love to hear your feedback on this specific episode. Any feedback, comments, or questions, please visit structuralengineeringchannel.com. Look for episode number seven, and there you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And please don't forget to check out our live webinar for the month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Until next time, we wish you the best in all of your structural engineering career endeavors.